In this new and indie spotlight bonus episode of Fictional Hangover, we chat with author Jenny Myers-Sane, whose newest book, One Last Breath, releases on March 5th. Welcome to Fictional Hangover, a podcast about young adult and new adult and sometimes other books, series, authors, voice actors, and illustrators that is full of spoilers. I'm Amanda. And I'm Claire. And today we're going to chat with Jenny Myers saying about One Last Breath. That's releasing very soon on March 5th. <gasps> we're so <gasps> excited, but it's a non-spoilery <gasps> episode of the show, so it's going to be no. weird for everyone. But it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's so fine. it's fine. Thank you so much, Jenny, for joining us. Um, we received information about your book from one of our super fans, Coral. She was dying for us to read this book, and she really wanted us to talk to you. So we got to say thank you to Coral. Yes, Coral. Coral is the best. Coral knows exactly how what what to recommend us. It was as if she was standing there and holding the book and going, "Read it." Yeah, read it. Virtually. So, (sighs) without being spoilery, okay, what do you want everyone to know about One Last Breath going into it? Sure. Yeah. One Last Breath is a story. It's set in Florida. Uh, It's set in the freshwater springs we have here in Central Florida. It's about a girl who is a free diver, which means she goes down dives deep with no oxygen tank nothing just her lungs and so she's used to some claustrophobic sort of intense situations um but then a girl comes to town uh this is a town that is sort of overshadowed by a cold case murder that happened about 20 years ago and the main character true has always sort of been obsessed with that murder she grew up in the shadow of it um and now her town is kind of a, a stop on the murder tourism map um you know where people come to to, to go to these places where things horrible things happen um, so she resents that a lot, but then this new girl, Rio, blows into town, who's also obsessed with this old case. And together they sort of start digging into it and end up digging up some things that they may or may not have wanted to know um, and get things all stirred up again. So it's it's a little bit of a murder mystery. It's a little bit of a serial killer story. Um, it's a little bit of a diving story. It has a little paranormal element, some romance, a little bit of everything. Sounds amazing. Sounds so good. So yeah. good. Oh. I'd love to do some dark tourism style thing like that. That sounds so fun. Yeah. But I don't know about the free diving. That terrifies me maybe more than the spooky stuff and also the cold case. No, I couldn't do that. Fun fact, the the longest free diving holding breath is 24 minutes. Oh, that's a lot. Yeah, that's terrifying. Yes. Um, And Tom Cruise actually held the record out of celebrities from a Mission Impossible for like eight minutes until Kate Winslet overtook him when she did Avatar. Oh, However, that? just by seconds, they took in a lot more oxygen beforehand. They did a lot of oxygen intake before they did the takes so they could have like eight minutes under the water filming time. Yikes. And the only, I would wow. like to say I'm not an absolute nerd when it comes to this. It's just my son was very curious about free diving. So we had to do, you know, some Google checks one night. Yikes. So yes, fun facts. That, that's <laughs> terrible. I read just the other day that... holding your breath. Horrible. I read just the other day that Margot Robbie 
can hold her breath for five minutes. And I was like, oh, wow, that's amazing. But 24, you've just ruined everything for me. So, I mean, they are professional. Like, that is their literal, you know, hobby job life to do that. It's insane. Scary. That's scary. Okay, so this is your third book. Your first two, Dark and Shallow Lies and Secret So Deep. And now this one all take place in small towns near water with spooky paranormal things. And these are all things that we love very, very much. But how and why did you choose the settings you chose, especially small town Florida? Um, You know, I, I grew up in a small town in Oklahoma. Um, and then I lived in a small town in Arkansas for many, many, many years. Um, so I've sort of been a small town girl. And those small town stories intrigue me, particularly when you're talking about murder mysteries and secrets and generational secrets. Um, small towns are just such breeding grounds um, of those kinds of things, you know. And the idea of things being sort of um, hidden behind closed doors, um, but everyone knows what's going on. So small towns, I think, are great places to set murder mysteries and, and any sort of mystery story where there's secrets involved. And then I just um, have really drawn to place in the stories that I write. I'm, I'm a someone who is drawn to place in real life. I love to visit places where things happened, um, where historical moments happened, or you know, um, pivotal moments in time. So I, I remember um, standing on the spot, you know, where Anne Boleyn was executed, um, and thinking, I'm, you know, I'm standing right here in this very spot where this this huge, you know, thing happened. So I've always sort of been drawn to place, um, and I, so far at least, have set my stories in places that are meaningfully important to me. Um, I spent a lot of time in Louisiana. I love the Bayou of Louisiana. Um, chose that setting for Dark and Shallow Lies um, because it's such a colorful place and such a, a melting pot of cultures and experiences and languages, and you know, so much cool stuff um, happens down there in the Bayou. I set Secret So Deep um, on the Connecticut coast at a theater there. I spent eight summers working at a, a theater on the Connecticut coastline. Um, and just fell in love with that place and knew that I wanted to use that. And then um, my son and I, uh, I live in Florida now, but I didn't live in Florida when I wrote this book, actually. I lived um, in Oklahoma still. But my son and I had spent a lot of time in Central Florida. We'd, we'd uh, gone camping a lot at the springs and swimming and tubing. And we used to sit out and watch the free divers, you know, at the springs go down. And that was such a fascinating experience to watch them go down so deep and stay down, you know. And about the time you would think, oh, my gosh, this person is surely dead. And we should call <laughs> someone to come back up. <laughs> but the people that did it, you know, I always talked about the peace of it and the peacefulness and the, you know, the euphoria of it. Um, so it was just an interesting sort of difference between what you would think that experience would be um, and what how people described it. So I knew I wanted to use that that setting in the story. That's so cool. But I have I just have to back just just back up a little bit. Please tell me about your time in Arkansas, because everyone knows that is where I live. That is where I grew up. I have lived other places. I have lived in Florida for a while. I lived in Seattle for a while, but now I'm back home. So please tell me where you lived in Arkansas, because I want to be creepy and weird about it. Sure, yeah. Um, I, <laughs> I lived you know, up until college in Oklahoma, but I actually went to left Oklahoma to go to college in Arkansas at the University of the Ozarks in Clarksville, Arkansas. Um, and went to school there and loved it, <clears throat> fell in love with it. And then after college, I, I went back to home and worked, you know, for a, a couple of years. Um, but then a position opened up on campus at the University of the Ozarks where I'd gone to school. Um, and I, I just had loved that place so much that I, I went back there and I worked there for the next 20 years on campus teaching theater, um, not in a um, college program, but with high school uh, students who were interested in pursuing college 
degrees and professional degrees in theater. So I taught theater and directed theater there on that campus. I worked with a program called the Walton Arts and Isaiah series that brings in, you know, guest lecturers and performances and things. I worked with the community ed uh, department. So just a lot of different things. Uh, but mostly that's that's where I spent that whole chunk of time from the time I left for college until um, about 25 years later, I, I was right there in Clarksville, Arkansas. Wow. It just makes me happy. You don't ever like meet people who live in the same state that you do and you can fangirl about weird Arkansas things with people. So it's a beautiful place. Um, you know, the, and that's probably where I consider, you know, the most important years of my life happened. My college experience, those years right after, um, you know, my son was born in Arkansas. He's in Arkansas boy um and in fact my next book which will come out in 2025 is set in the arkansas ozarks oh my gosh um, yes that's where it takes place <laughs> there are a lot of connections as well to superfans because superfan annie is from oklahoma yes. superfan brie is, is from florida is florida uh-huh yes oh wow. that's exciting cool. that's yeah exciting. i mean i love that i love that okay so i just want to float this idea out to you floating ha 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 water um <laughs> Oh. Shut up, Amanda. Um, so there are some, they're called blue holes, and they're in Bauxite, Arkansas. And I'm pretty sure there's thousands of bodies at the bottom of the blue holes. So I'm oh. going to need you to research that. I will look that up. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then if you ever want to visit Bauxite, I live very, very nearby. Thank I will... You set up a lovely guest room yeah i also live on a lake and we could fabricate something if you needed inspiration you never know what's down at the bottom of the (laughs) oh okay well thank you for that thank you for being an arkansan as well it makes me happy (laughs) arkansas is that what it's called it is it it is Hmm. Don't judge us. Ignorant, ignorant Brit over here. I don't know. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, if you're talking about doing something a bit more scary with those, did you say there were bauxites? Uh, bauxite, bauxite is a is a mineral, and it's mined, or it used to be mined in Arkansas. And there's actually there's actually a there's a building, the there's a museum in Arkansas. That's the only place, it's the only building that's built entirely from bauxite. And I'm pretty sure that museum is also haunted, so. Is it like a paranormal kind of mineral thing? Is it like one of these where, you know, like limestone? I don't, no, no. I think it's just um, in the middle of the backwoods where you go. Convenient to toss a body in there if you need to. Yeah. Oh. Okay, yeah. okay. I understand now. Yeah. So they've Ignorant dug up they've they've dug up all of these pits and then they've been filled with water. And also probably corpses. And probably, you know, like your old dishwasher and oh, yeah. that rusted out car is also probably down there. So yeah. I'm gonna have to Google these. This sounds okay. strange and okay. wonderful. Okay, go for it. To be but fair, not right though, now. I mean, you know, you say dead bodies, but Arkansas is quite infamous for a lot of its true crime as well. I mean, you know, the West Memphis Three, to say one of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. And obviously, you know, your book is true crime. Uh, one Last Breath is true crime. And it's talking about a lot of cold cases. So is there any, like, 
particular cold case that has intrigued you, a real cold case, cold case that has uh, yeah, absolutely. You. Uh, Arkansas has kind of a long history um, of, of shady, shady stuff going down in the mountains yeah. and the, those hollows and back in the woods, you know. Um, and I get into a lot of that um, in the next book, but but this one particularly um, was inspired by the fact that I did grow up in Oklahoma. I grew up in Chandler, Oklahoma, which is not far from Tulsa, um, which is not far from the place um, where sort of the some of the most infamous um, unsolved murders happened, although they have sort of recently been solved. Um, but the Oklahoma Girl Scout murders were a very yes. famous crime that happened um, when I was a very little girl. I was I was maybe like three or four or five when when, when those murders happened. Um, but I grew up knowing about them my whole life and knowing, you know, that they were unsolved and that that meant someone was still out there very likely. And that had done this thing. And those murders were such a, such the stuff of horror movies uh, to start with. You know, you're talking about three little girls at sleepaway camp who were murdered in their tent, um, you know, right, right there in the middle of Girl Scout camp. And no one heard anything. No one saw anything. So, you know, as a child, knowing that those things were out there and sort of hearing that case talked about um, on the news and by the adults in my life, sort of in code words and whispers, um, was very intriguing. And my friends and I were horrified by it, of course, but we were also sort of fascinated by it um, and intrigued by it. So I grew up very much in the the shadow of that. And that kind of come, came back when I was looking for, you know, an element that I wanted to include in this story. And I sort of blended that um, with a story that is not a cold case. It was the assault mur murders. But um, when I was in college or just about to go to college, I was still in high school, but I was about to go to college um, when Danny Rowling committed his crimes at, at, in Florida at the um, at the university there, you know, and, and killed several college students um, in their off campus housing. And as someone who was about to go to college, you know, that was such a, a, a big thing and it was all over the news, you know. Um, so I think what happened when I was sort of Putting that story together, like writers often do, I sort of combine those two elements and those two memories to create those crimes that happen in the book and kind of to delve into like what, what it's like to grow up in a place where something truly awful has happened and to sort of live your life in the shadow of that. Cool. That's so cool. It's like I was listening to something about the Oklahoma Girl Scout murders and that's just absolutely terrifying. And to then live in the shadow of that as a child, I mean, that that must have put you off from doing sleepaway camps and joining the Girl Scouts. Because I know I wouldn't. I'd be like, no, <laughs> thank you. I'm happy at home. Really, um, riding the bus to Girl Scout camp, you know, as a, a third or fourth grader and hearing the older girls on the bus, you know, talk about this and um, you know, and it just becomes such a part of the fabric of your life, even to the to the point that my son, um, uh several five or six years ago was going to um, an ecological kind of camp like a nature science camp that was very close to that spot you know um and i couldn't you know you, you think about it it comes back and, the, and that camp is still there you know it's shut down but the land is still there the buildings are still there they just kind of closed it down and never never reopened it um so it's all still out there which is very creepy um but it's still such set occupies so much space kind of in the psyche of of, of all of us who grew up around there around that time yeah Oh, that's really creepy. It is, but it's also yeah. really cool. It's all very, very cool. Like it you, is. I know there was you're kind of fascinated but horrified, you know. Whatever yeah. that is that makes us turn and look when you drive past an accident, it's that part of us, you know, yeah. that's curious. Um, even though we're you know, like horrified by it. I think everybody's got some sort of more morbid fascination with it because it's 
it's the unknown as well like you don't want to be in that situation and the way that you can fictionalize it as well like you said you 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 know you're throwing in these real cases of true crime but sprinkling it into your own fiction is really interesting i know we read one last year called um horror hotel which was set in an la um, hotel and very much the uh alisa lamb case was yeah. you know you could you could really feel the, the 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 sprinkling of that in, and having those real life cases in fiction, it it adds that edge of creepiness and that edge of reality where you kind of question actually you know this could happen I mean could it, but yeah that's excellent that's really interesting. I think if you drive too much into to true crime, and I'm, I think I've unfortunately fallen into that hole at the moment because I'm very interested in it, I'm like, yeah, I'm just not going to leave the house, and all the doors are going to stay closed, and the windows yeah, are locked. One of and I think some people actually, you know, it, it kind of emboldens them or makes them feel safer. Like if I know all the possibilities that might happen, um, then none of them will happen. You know, like if I'm aware of all the bad things that could happen, I've sort of, you know, inoculated myself against them. So. Yeah, I mean, I get that. It's terrifying stuff. I like that idea. Inoculation against crime. Yes. <laughs> you, can't, you can't murder me. I've been listening to podcasts. I write fiction that involves true crime. You can't hit this. I'm not going to fall for this. Oh. I like that. <laughs> Um, the other oh, the other thing about like the book it's really heavily obviously the true crime but it's also got that like paranormal aspect and you know fictional hangover we love the spooks have you ever had a paranormal experience amanda's had a really interesting one very recently do you want to yes. te- do you want do you want to tease us with oh, that yeah. one first oh um so i'm sure you are aware of eureka springs Oh, yeah, for sure. Stayed yeah. in the Crescent so many times. Yes. Oh, don't you love it so much? Yeah. Um, so I was staying at a bed and breakfast, not at, you know, not at the Crescent this time. But um, I got this, like, really eerie feeling, and I didn't want to reach under the bed to, like, plug in my phone. And so I just, I told my husband, like, I'm just going to, I'm going to let my phone die. I'm not going to do it. I don't know why, but I don't want to look <laughs> under the bed. And so then we we went to bed and um, I woke up because the bathroom had a motion light that clicked on, but there was no one there. It was just us. But then I finally convinced myself to go back to sleep. But when I did, I felt like something had reached from under the bed and like grabbed me and was trying to pull me through the bed. So then I woke up and then the light was clicking again and then I didn't sleep for the rest of the night. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> it's very um, you know, I haven't, I, I have had two interesting experiences. I, the funny thing is I'm, I'm kind of a skeptic. Like I don't really believe in anything. Um, but I would love to believe in everything. Like, I love the idea of, like, ghosts and monsters and aliens, and, like, the whole yeah. spectrum. Um, so I would love to be proven wrong. Um, but I do have two stories. I One time um, I was in L.A. at the uh, Biltmore Hotel, which is a really old um, hotel in downtown L.A. It was there for a writing conference. And it's actually the hotel that the Black Dahlia was last seen at um, before she was discovered uh, dead. You know, it has kind of a history of some some mob connections and some shady stuff. Um, but it's a beautiful old hotel but it has these long creepy hallways i mean like just really long dark creepy hallways 
And I was in the hallway going down for a morning session. I was the only one in the hallway. It's completely deserted. And I stopped to take a selfie. And what, what I said when I put the selfie like on Instagram was, oh my gosh, look at these creepy hallways. Perfect for a, a bunch of mystery writers. And it was just a picture of me in this long, creepy hallway. Well, I went to the oh, session. By the time I got out of the session, I had about 300 notifications um, on the post that I had put up there. And they, they were all like, what is that behind you? And I was no, like, what? no. What you're talking about. Because um, I didn't even see it in the picture. And I zoomed in and zoomed in and zoomed in. And you can see there is a, a figure of a woman. About half of her is visible um, at the end of this hallway behind me. Um, and it's so faint and so far away that, like I said, I didn't even notice it when I posted the picture. Um, but it, it is there. And it is a creepy picture. It's, it's on my Instagram. If you go and kind of scroll toward the bottom of my Instagram, you'll 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 find it. Because it was a couple of years ago. Yeah, but it's a very I'm, I'm um, on it now. <laughs> um, and then I also posted again so people can see it after this. Um, and then also at the Crescent um, one time, I took my son to the Crescent um, in October because he loves all things spooky and, and we wanted to go and do the Halloween stuff in Eureka and, you know, all that kind of fun thing. Um, and when I went to bed that night, um, everything was fine. You know, we didn't really hear any noises. We were fine. But when we woke up the next morning, the door to our bathroom was off the hinges. Um, it, it just, just like it had just been like, it didn't fall. It had been lifted off the hinges and like leaned against the wall. Um, and it was not like that at all. And when we went to bed, it was on, it was functional. Um, we didn't hear anything in the, in the night at all. We were right there by the bathroom. And we got up the next morning, that door was off, it had been lifted off the hinges, like the pins had been pulled out and the door leaned against the wall. And I was like, what is going on here? So I called down to the front desk and, and they said, okay, what room are you in? And I told them and they were like, oh yeah, yeah. Okay, well, we'll somebody up there right away. I was like, what, what do you mean? Yeah, yeah, like this is super weird. Um, so those are probably the two strangest experiences I've had, both in hotels, oddly. That's amazing. I'm which, really which jealous. Room were you like, in? Oh, so jealous. And there's pictures of the key um, with the room number on it, but I can't. I can't remember. There's like three sixteen, maybe okay. um, three. I think. Okay. Because you always so hear jealous. stuff about like one of the rooms on the fourth floor. I think you always hear stuff about that one. So I'm just wondering. Yeah. And, it was and there's a two hundreds one too. I think, but. I've been on many ghost hunts. I have done ghost walks. I have done you know overnighters and i have yet to have anything paranormal i'm convinced i repel if 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 ghosts are real i'm convinced i repel them i feel the same way so i get it yeah i've never like i i want to believe i'm like you i want to believe but i've never like whatever i'm such a skeptic but then the pulling through the bed and the light clicking on that freaked me out no, I think it's a science and logic put in you really like it's it's nice to think about it that it could be but maybe also at the same time not because a ghost's a dead person and you don't want that dead person hanging around especially like you don't want to be haunted by a relative personally because I'm like can I have some privacy and right I like, I, you know don't you not invited into my house because yeah. I want to walk around in my pants I mean you know <laughs> to a degree <laughs> oh that's really creepy thank you for sharing those I love hearing oh, people's yeah. 
ghost stories. I, I think those ones are much more subtle. The ones where it's like, I didn't realise there was somebody in the back, uh, in the hallway. Long hallways are horrible. Like, yeah, oh, I no. just oh, watch the hallway, you know. <laughs> so I guess we don't need to ask if you're hashtag team believer or hashtag team skeptic because yeah i mean I, I i am a skeptic i like i said i would love to be a believer even having had those couple of weird experiences you know i'm still like well that could be you know who knows what could happen there um but but i like i said i would love to have an experience that was just irrefutable like you know proof because i think that's what it would probably take for me yeah. um it's something there couldn't be any question about but but i'm so hopeful you know i, w- I would love to be proved wrong it could have just been a regular human person in my bathroom taking the door off. It's fine. In there in the middle of the night, very quietly, remove that door for some good reason. <laughs> could have happened. Even though I had the chain on the door. I mean, that could totally have happened. <laughs> Maybe think... you had this... Sli- you know how people sleepwalk? Or they'll yeah. go and sleep snack? Maybe you sleep DIY? I guess maybe, yeah. Um, that was the weird thing. Like the, the weird thing is that you know how door hinges have pins in them. Like the pinches, had, the hinges had bit the pins had been taken out, the door removed, and then the pins had been dropped back into the little holes where they were supposed to go. So I was like, well, how did this even happen? I have no so idea. Specific. It's that regular it's, human it's, maintenance it's, man. Yeah, but it's just yeah. it's so I mean, specific. It's man. I don't know looking for things to repair maybe it was squeaky i don't know <laughs> this door is squeaky so i'm going to take it off the hinges while you're asleep <laughs> it's more disturbing than a squeaky door oh, you know i think i would rather like if i'm going to be if i'm going to experience something that's going to put me over to team believer i would rather it be aliens than ghosts yeah, you know, my my friend, my best friend and I recently saw what we're pretty sure was a, a UFO. So, I mean, I, I could be, or, or it could have been a rocket launch. We're, we're not sure. We're torn. Was it a rocket launch? Was it a UFO? There weren't any rocket launches on the schedule. Um, but, you know, sometimes they do like, you know, secret stuff. So who knows? Um, but yeah, I'm open to anything. Anything interesting. I, I would love to love a reason to believe in all of it. I think the, the thing is with aliens, though, you don't. For me, I don't necessarily need proof that aliens is that aliens exist, given you know the size and breadth and depth of the universe and the distance between the potential yeah. planets that house that could house life forms. Yeah, it, oh, yeah. it feels very. There's going to be something there somewhere. We're just never na- we're not naturally going to meet it or be probed by them. And it make it would be rude to assume that there's nobody else out there. Like, why would we be the only ones? Yeah, and we're not that special. Somewhere out it's there, a human condition, be- though, isn't it? Okay, so it wouldn't be an episode of Fictional Hangover, even if it is a tiny mini one, without a would you rather question, because we always ask would you rather questions. So we've okay. prepared this one based solely on the summary of the book. Claire, would you like to ask it? Yes. Would you rather investigate a cold case murder or investigate a haunted location? Oh, that's a hard one. Um, I would love both of those. Gosh, I would love to investigate a cold case murder in a haunted location. Um, that sounds like the most fun. 
Um, you know, my son and I, like I said, he loves spooky stuff. We've done, you know, a fair amount of like those paranormal investigations, you know, where you go in and you get the equipment. Um, I even spent the night, um, one night last summer, we spent the night at the Lizzie Borden bed and breakfast. Um, and we <gasps> the room where Mrs. Borden was murdered, um, you know, like two feet from where her body was discovered on the floor. So we, we slept in the murder room at the Lizzie Borden house. Um, which was really fun. We did an investigation there, you know, where they give you the equipment and you go on. So we love that kind of thing. We've done a lot of that. Um, so that's always fun. Um, but a cold case murder is kind of interesting because you always have that hope that you're going to be the one that puts the, you know, that gets it, that puts the clues together. Um, so I might have to go with that one. I might have to go with a cold case. I would argue you've already done it. You, you've, you, because nobody actually got convicted of the Borden murders. No, yeah. So you so that, have you have haunted a location where there's a cold case taking place, yeah, so and an we'll attempt be, to solve. So, so who knows? Um, who knows what happened there? But yeah, that that was that was one of the most fun places uh, that we've been. We've also been to, you know, we like to go to haunted places. Like we've been to Sleepy Hollow. That was really fun. Um, you know, and been to the cemetery where the headless horseman is supposed to ride at night and. Um, so we, we do a fair amount of, of like haunted tourism, which is a really fun thing to do together. It's kind of a bonding mother and son thing, you know, so yeah. it's, it's nice. Yeah. Um, we've okay. stayed at the Stanley Hotel. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, where, yeah they, very cool. where they did The Shining. So that that was really cool. But the only thing that happened to me there was uh, we had to open the window because it was so hot and then it got really cold overnight, and my husband and I both got very, very sick. So oh. <laughs> that is not fun. That's not good, no. But it was a really cool place to explore. And um, there's a haunted lighthouse in uh, St. Augustine in Florida. We've I've been, been, We've been up yeah. there, and up there uh, because my son saw it on an adventure, uh, an episode of Ghost Adventures, like years and years ago. Yes. And so, so it was on our, as it was on our bucket list. But yeah, we've been there a couple of times. Yeah. That's really I would cool. argue ninety nine percent of all lighthouses, especially in the U.S., are haunted. Oh, you I'm know, sure. you would think from from the stories you hear, certainly, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've oh. done loads of the Edinburgh haunted stuff as well, like when you go in the catacombs and the graveyards, the mausoleums, did, under the bridges. Um, we did a ghost tour in Edinburgh, which was you know was was really fun, and they talked about Burke and Hare, the body snatchers, you know, yes. and all of that. Kind of thing which is such an interesting story so definitely love that the burke and hair story is a lot more interesting when you actually hear the details about them what like you know the the highlight is you just think oh the body snatches but actually when you go into the detail of it it's really really creepy and it's really really cool um but yeah the uh, the uh judge mckenzie mckenzie's poltergeist in Greyfriars kirkyard he's supposed to be a bit of an asshole um Yes, oh, they're very good. And yet to see anything. I try. I try so hard. I'm not even I don't even need to see a full apparition. I do I'm not even that greedy. I just want something strange to happen. Yeah. Oh just catch an EVP. I mean there was one picture that was taken on the last couple I was about to ask you about that. Like you what happened? what was in that picture? I still haven't got it. So the, the ghost hunting group I went on, we went into, it was a local theatre, like an amateur dramatics theatre, um, but it used to be a church, it used to be a hospital during the world wars, um, and you know, a lot of overflow sickness from the hospital up the street went there as well. And there was a lot of weird stuff happened, but I can explain it away as not paranormal. Um, 
but we were doing a circle we'd just done a Ouija board and I'm skeptical about Ouija boards in the first place um, and we had our backs to the Ouija board and everybody was holding hands so we were looking out to the room um, and you just it kind of got a bit silly so everybody was laughing along and which I actually think creates better energy for, room, for, for any potential haunts when you're not really paying attention and when you're just having those laughing moments and you know you create a positive environment um, and the one the guy I was sitting next to was actually one of the um, primary investigators was like oh I don't feel very well I'm just going to stand up because I'm getting a bit of a headache but so we didn't break the circle um, I w- we ended up holding hands with another girl that was on his other side and he's just started snapping pictures and then in between me and this other girl is this weird mist and I was really hoping that they were going to publish this miss this picture on the newsletter and they haven't waste of three pounds honestly um, oh so i'm going to email them and ask them if there is any way that you know there is a copy of this made available on the social media so i can at least link it mm-hmm. if they're not going to you know because it was it's one of these where you're like actually that is the strangest thing that's probably happened to me and me and the other girl could feel nothing. We didn't feel any changes of temperature. We didn't feel weird. We just thought it was a little bit of a silly situation because we're, what we were laughing and joking about. But when this picture was taken of this mist, and it considered it was taken with a, te- a mobile phone, but it was like one of those old, like a picture from the 80s where it's not like developed properly. Yeah, so yeah. That misty bit was the not developed bit. So it was like weird. And that's probably the most paranormal that's ever happened to me. That and is I, weird. That is very and it's weird. a photograph that I have no <laughs> no proof of. I'm going to have to get that in touch with very strange, yeah. Very strange. Hmm. Yeah. So, okay. <clears throat> I will try. I will try. So we have one last question that we need to ask you because we, <laughs> we need to wrap this little mini bonus episode up. What do you want readers to take away from this book when they get it next week? Mm -hmm. I think, you know, there are a couple of things. Um, One of the things that I hope they'll take away is kind of an understanding of the fact that the past and the present often blend together in unexpected ways. Um, That things we think are in the past um, sort of bleed into our present day and even our future. That kind of that idea of, you know, the what's past is prologue. Um, and that's an idea that that's actually, um, uh, you know, a famous line, obviously, uh, from Shakespeare, but it's used in, I used it in Dark and Shallow Lies, um, and it comes back, I don't use that specific line in this book, but it's still very much a, a an idea that I deal with in the book. So I think that's just kind of an idea that I'm interested in, in general, is the ways um, the past and the present sort of bleed together in unexpected ways. So there's that. And then this is also a book very much about um, connection between people and kind of those unexpected connections we feel that are, are so intense um, and so important um, and why we feel those with some people and not with others and where those connections come from and all of that kind of stuff. Oh, <sighs> Okay, um, <clears throat> that's it for all of our non-spoilery questions. Uh, do you have anything else that you're excited about? And if not, you know, it doesn't have to be book-related or anything, just anything that you're excited about. And then also tell us where we can find you on social media. Sure, yeah. I mean, I'm really excited because I'm going on a, kind of a big tour with this book um, all around Florida. Um, like I said, I, I didn't live in Florida when I started this book. Um, so it's really fun to live here now that it's launching. 
So I've got a whole bunch of bookstore stops and book festivals all over the state of Florida. I'm also going to be back to Arkansas and Oklahoma with some bookstore um, stops, which is really fun. So I'm really excited about that. I love to meet people and I talk, you know, um, my background's in the theater. So I always enjoy the chance uh, to talk whenever I get a chance to talk to people. Um, and you can definitely find me on social media. Um, Instagram is probably where I'm most active at Jenny Meyer saying, and you, you know, you'll find all about the book tour dates and the places I'm going to be. You can find those creepy pictures I was talking about. Like I said, if you scroll down far enough, you'll see that ghost picture in the hallway. It's way down there. Um, so that's a good place to find me. I'm also on um, whatever we're calling Twitter these days, X, um, I think. Um, so I'm on there. I'm on threads. I'm on uh, book talk. I'm not on those as much, but I am there. Um, even Facebook, in case your grandmother wants to look me up, you can find me on Facebook. <laughs> that's, that's where she can look for me on there. Um, so all of those places. And I always love to you know, answer questions from readers and hear from readers. So definitely, definitely look me up and say hello. That's awesome. I'm going to track you down when you come to Arkansas. So just get ready. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I'm going to be in Little Rock and Fayetteville and Fort Smith oh, and awesome. Clarksville. Okay, oh, awesome. Yeah. Little Rock right there so very cool yeah i'll be it. at barnes okay. and noble come see me oh awesome okay i'm super excited <clears throat> uh, and uh you're you're definitely going to come back in a couple of months after the book has been out and everyone's gotten a chance to read it and then we're gonna do an episode and like spoil I would love it that. okay yeah absolutely i would love Good. that great okay fantastic oh I'm so i feel it'd be so much better we'll be able to actually talk about spoilers i know, I know. <laughs> Okay, so that's it for this super special mini bonus episode of Fictional Hangover. I'm Amanda. And I'm Claire. Join us next time for our regularly scheduled episode out on Wednesday. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Look out for our Would You Rather polls on social media. Don't forget about our book club on Discord. Be sure to visit our shop on Redbubble at fictionalhangover.redbubble.com for all your favorite fictional hangover-themed merchandise and become a patron of ours on Patreon at patreon.com slash fictionalhangover. Until next time, remember, the only cure for a fictional hangover is another book. You can find us at fictionalhangover.com. Follow us on Instagram, Threads, TikTok and YouTube at Fictional Hangover. And find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash fictional hangover. If you like this episode, check out our others and be sure to rate, review and subscribe so you don't miss out. And finally, special thanks to Liz Emerson for our music. You can find her on Facebook and Patreon. Thanks for listening.